Statisticians tell us that 22,000 people are converted to Christ every single day in Africa. 22,000 people. But they also point out that some 18,000 people are lost every day from the church in Africa. So something needs to be done to stem the the tide of uh, losing those 18,000 people a day. Hello and welcome to The Word is Out, a mission-centric podcast featuring Dr. Alan Meenan, pastor and preacher and teacher of God's Word for over 40 years, and now the founder and faithful leader of a missions organization that reaches out to the world with the Word of God. Alan, today we have a special guest with us. We do. Uh, Dr. Brad Johnson is with us, and um, Brad is a, an affiliate professor at Asbury Theological Seminary in Kentucky, though he himself is from Indiana, close by. Um, Brad has recently returned, very recently returned, from a mission trip in Zambia where we, uh, we conduct a center for biblical understanding. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the conference was just a, a wonderful experience with the, the team of folks there that are doing really uh, what I could only describe as an amazing work. This is your first trip to Africa, is that right? It is. Yeah, I've, I've actually done very little international travel. Um, so this was a big trip for me, and, and, and it was, in every respect, wonderful and eye-opening and transformative. Uh, and, 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 I, and I must add to that list of descriptors, encouraging. I came back so encouraged. I want to add that, uh, that Brad is, uh, is now on our staff at The Word is Out, and it's a great privilege to have him involved in our work. So this was his first experience of, uh, of traveling to one of our conferences, and uh, this time in, in Zambia. Great to hear that it was encouraging. You mentioned it was eye-opening. How was it eye-opening? Well, you know, for so many years and even decades, we heard here in the States about the, the expansive growth of the church in the Southern Hemisphere, particularly in, in Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, to be able to see some of that firsthand was was a was a great opportunity, but eye-opening in the sense that even though it's it's good news that the church is growing, uh, the news isn't all good because there are significant issues with um, the growth of the church. Insofar as uh, much of that growth lacks real biblical foundation, it is merging and integrating um, native religion, uh, some of which is hostile and even antithetical to Christian thought and practice. Uh, it's also embracing certain aspects of Western Christianity that that aren't sound biblically, uh, thinking particularly of instances that, that I saw and, and heard of when I was in Zambia about pastors receiving revelations from God. And these, run, un, these revelations are unchecked. They're unsound, and in so many cases, they are harming people, uh, and and that's a, it's a cause of great concern, because the kingdom in its advance, of course, is not meant to harm people. It's meant to bring life and life in abundance, and without a grounding in the scripture and solid hermeneutical principles, these these new fledgling Christians are believing and buying into whatever these charlatan pastors are are proclaiming. Uh, and some of this stuff is bizarre and, and, and even frightening at times. So 
So my eyes were definitely open to some of those kinds of things. Can you give us some examples of some of these bizarre things? Yeah. So uh, Alan can add to this, but some of the things that I that I heard were that pastors were receiving revelations that God wanted them to spray their congregants with insecticide. Uh, they were baptizing people with soda pop so that their lives would be sweet. They were forbidding women to wear underpants to church. They were using dog meat for Holy Communion because God told them to. God told them to command their people to eat grass and so on and so forth. It really is bizarre, the things that are going on, and therefore the need for the kind of ministry that we're providing. Um, Part of the great problem in Africa is um, the fact that it is growing. The church is growing so uh, precipitously. so much so that uh, that there aren't enough pastors to go around and those pastors that are there are ill-trained um, some of them are not trained many of them most of them probably not trained at all they're coming out the woodwork they simply you know uh, set up a sign to say that you know uh, i'm establishing a church they have no theological background they have no they have no real understanding of the scripture they they watch um, western television and get some idea of what uh, of what is going on, they regurgitate what uh, what they've been hearing, and it's um, it's it's really very dangerous. And Brad, in your experience there, how is the word is out making a difference? Well, I was so pleased to to see what's happening there. Alan's vision uh, for some time now has been to identify folks who have capacity to do inductive work, and not just to to read the Bible inductively, but to teach others to do likewise. Alan and, and the word of, the word is out have identified uh, Lyle Zulu in, in Lusaka, uh, Zambia, as one of those people with such capacity. Lyle came to the States. He did a Master of Arts in Biblical Studies at Asbury Theological Seminary uh, as part of the memorandum, memorandum of understanding between Asbury Seminary and the word is out. Uh, Lyle was actually a student in one of my classes, so so I've known Lyle for a few years now. Um, he he has since returned to Lusaka. He's established a center for biblical understanding. He's now uh, now done three of these annual uh, conference exhibition and seminar um, events, and out of that, he's identified folks who, in their own right, could very well be our next generation of champions, our next iteration. So if I could step back for a moment, uh, I arrived in Zambia on a, on a Monday night and uh, was taken to my, air, to, to my hotel. And then on Tuesday at the hotel, Lyle brought over four of his students who would be presenting at the conference. So the six of us had an opportunity to meet uh, in the hotel lobby uh, for some time. They introduced themselves. I introduced myself. We got to know each other. And one by one, they went around and they shared what they would be presenting at the conference. And and, and I'll tell you, Kip, this is where um, I, I knew I was in for, for this work. These, these, four individ- these four men, plus Lyle, men in this case, uh, all of them, not only get the inductive method, but they exhibit the inductive character. They, they, they are formed through those commitments and by those commitments. So as they were talking about what they were presenting, I could sense the passion, the fire, the, the, the humility, the posture before the word that is so appropriate to an inductive approach. 
this was on a Tuesday that we met. Uh, and then on Wednesday, as they began one by one to present, what I saw was a team of people that have been identified, equipped, and deployed to exposit scripture. And they did so with authority. And at times, the, the, the line between biblical exposition and biblical proclamation was completely blurred in such a glorious way. Um, the, these, these guys are hitting it out of the park. And, and, and I believe that we're seeing in Lusaka an Acts 1-8 model where in Acts, Jesus said to the disciples, take Jerusalem and then take Judea and Samaria and then go out into all the world. I think that's going to happen in Lusaka. I think it's already begun. They're, they're establishing the center in Lusaka. And I think any of these four uh, next generation students are fully capable of establishing centers in the outlying provinces. And when that happens, the next move will be to send people throughout Africa. Um, I, 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 I'm fired up. I'm so excited about this. That's great. Uh, just for those who may not understand what the inductive Bible study is, Alan, uh, perhaps you can give just a quick moment on that. I'd be happy to. Um, and by the way, we do have a podcast on the inductive methodology, which I would refer our listeners to, one of the early podcasts that we have done. Uh, but inductive, uh, the inductive study basically is to take the Bible, let the Bible speak for itself instead of imposing upon it um, preconceived ideas. It's the very essence and basis of, uh, of what we do in The Word is Out. We teach people basically how to approach the scripture, how to understand it better, how to enter the mind of the writer, how to understand what he's saying and how he's saying it, the terms that he uses, the method that he uses, the genre that he uses, the relationships that he uses in order to communicate that message. It's very heavy on, on observation, observing each part of the text. And then from that, asking the, the subsequent question, what is the meaning of what is here? All too often, people are wanting to know the meaning without understanding the process of observation. So that's that would be in a nutshell, Kip. I think one of my favorite, from the podcast that we did that you referred to, one of my favorite takeaways was we're reading out of the Bible as opposed to reading into the Bible. That's exactly right. I mean, reading into it is eisegesis, what we call in theological terms, forgive me, is, is eisegesis, reading into. Um, what we're attempting to do is exegesis, reading out of. And again, what it, what it basically involves is, is not telling the Bible what it says, but letting the Bible tell the reader what it says. So that's essentially um, the, the, one of the major distinctions of inductive Bible study. Well, let me ask the two of you, is what's going on in the uh, church in Africa today similar to what went on during the early days of the church, do you think? My response would be in, very, in many ways, yes, it's, it's very exciting. The church is very young. It's, um, it's exploring its potential. But the problem is, is as Brad has pointed out, I mean, there, there are so many charlatans. The early church had some of those, you remember, in the Acts of the Apostles, but, but mm -hmm. Africa is, is in fact plagued by them the the, the problems the problems within um, within the church in terms of uh, bad understanding and bad interpretation is ubiquitous i mean it's it's um, it's everywhere um, and they desperately desperately need the kind of training that the word is out is attempting to provide you know there there is there's a need for for all round theological education of course but for those people who are in practical ministry 
they don't have time often to go to theological schools or seminaries. And there's so, there are not so many really good ones in Africa also. And if they come to the West, often they will stay in the West and, and not go back to Africa or Asia or wherever the case might be. So what we're attempting to do is actually train them uh, in their situation so that they are committed to their own country, their own country people, their own mission within their own indigenous uh, setting, um, and, and to understand or write the message of Scripture. And Brad, uh, as, as your first time, a first timer in Africa, what was, what's your takeaway on that? Well, um, what struck me on my way home was that in here in the States, for instance, we're, we're battling the same issues. We're, we're fighting the same demons, but in different ways and for different reasons. It's, you know, our society is basically imploding because we, we are losing our, our, our compass heading. Um, our churches are in many cases growing, in many cases declining, but almost in all cases lacking biblical understanding. Uh, we, we don't know the word. We, we don't consult the word. We, we don't allow the word to speak for itself. So I'm just as concerned for the churches in America today as I am for the churches in Africa, but for different reasons. And, and we're seeing different fruit um, growing out of this lack of and sort of post-biblical era or lack of commitment to faithful biblical teaching. Uh, in this post-biblical era. So so my heart's here as well as overseas. Um, I think the need's just as pressing in, in, in our local communities, in our local congregations, even in our mainline congregations, unfortunately. So how do we continue to move the ball forward, whether it be here in Africa, Asia, the world? Well, I'll let, I'll let Alan follow up on this and, and clarify and correct and maybe even rebuke. But I, I think he's on to something with this vision of, of almost the three-step model. And, and there are other ways that the word is out works, but I think this is central at this point. Number one, we, we, we go in somewhere, and, and at no charge to a, to a local congregation or a group of pastors, we'll demonstrate IBS principles at work, and, and we'll show them the fruit of it. Uh, the, the second round, the, the follow-up would be to invite anyone who's interested to come and learn how to do it, where, where we'll teach them those skills, uh, and, and the method. And then round three of that would be to identify folks, uh, among those learners who really have, have capacity, uh, not just to do inductive work, but to lead others in doing so. And that's where the, the real genius is, because at that point, things begin to multiply uh, exponentially. I think that could happen in Africa. I think it can happen in Asia, in Europe. It can happen in South America. It can, it can happen in North America. Yeah, I would agree entirely with what Brad is saying. Um, it, it is exactly what, what needs to be done and how we need to go about it. So when you ask what is the next move, the problem, the frustration for me is that we're only scratching the surface. I mean, the, the number of people who are becoming, who are joining the church worldwide, um, I think statisticians tell us something like 140,000 people per day, 365 days a year um, throughout the world. We are not seeing that tremendous growth in the West. In fact, I understand that 80% of our churches are in decline. 80% of our churches in America are in decline. There are another kind of 14% that apparently are kind of on a, on a plateau. Um, what we call successful churches, according to the Barna Institute of Research. 
Um, so there are very few that are actually in the cutting edge of growing to the point of being able to send people out to tell others. And that's what we're about. Um, you know, but, but the problem, of, you know, the excitement, as Brad has communicated, I mean, we have conferences all over Africa and Asia. Um, when some of these conferences attract as many as six, seven hundred pastors. So, I mean, it's just immense the kind of response that we're getting. There's a real hunger in the, in the, in the uh, two-thirds world, the, the global south, for this kind of thing. People want to know. I remember being in India on one occasion, and, and uh, the, the group of pastors that were there, they, they seemed to be writing every single word I was saying, and I was, I was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I turned to the organizer, and, they, and, and the organizer, an Indian gentleman, said to me, you know, these pastors, uh, they know about six verses of the Bible, and they preach the six verses, and when they preach the sixth verse, they go back and start preaching the first one all over again. And so they're eager to learn. I mean, so, so that's the, the open door that we have. But, but you know, there, there's only a few of us instructors. Brad has joined us as an instructor, and, and I'm really excited about that. And we have, we have a few other part-time instructors that, we're, that we work with. But the immense need in Africa and Asia is just overwhelming. And I, there are times I feel absolute despair that we're just scratching the surface. But a needed, a needed scratch. But so much more that could be done. Um, had we the funding and had we the personnel and, and so forth and so on. Um, this, is, this, I believe, is probably, no, not probably, this, I believe, is the greatest need of the church. I mean, one wants to support all the missions of the church, you know, orphanages, schools, hospitals, etc., etc. And I'm for all of those things. I have been party to those ministries and missions throughout the years. But the one neglected area is this one. And, and, and the future of the church depends upon this. That's, that's, the, that's the key here. Um, if, if, there is, you know, if Africa is going to become the center of Christendom, as statisticians tell us it's going to be within the next several decades, then we need a strong church, a sound church, a church that is based upon biblical principles and, and, and being obedient to those principles. Otherwise... Universal Christianity is a lost cause. I mean, it's, I, I don't mean to be melodramatic about this, but, um, but this is fundamentally needed within the, the church. And, and I agree with Brad. That need is, is an increasing need in, in America and in the West as well. You know, I'm, as you know, I'm from Ireland, and we've seen such decline in Christianity in Ireland, one, one of, once one of the great Christian countries of the world. Now it's pagan, as, as is most of Europe. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's incumbent upon us to, uh, uh, to do this um, and, and to do it urgently and as, uh, as, as expeditiously as possible. Uh, Brad, how effective was the conference that you were just at? Oh, I think it was highly effective. We, we had an opportunity uh, the very last day at the end of the conference to invite folks to essentially comment on their experience and we did it in front of a camera with with microphones and we've captured all of that uh and what what they have what they have taken away from the conference is the heart of the inductive character they get it they're hungry for it they're eager to take it home and deploy it in in their local churches they they say they say things like we've never seen the word in this way before it's like it's a new day for them Mm. um and related to that, I'll back up just a second to piggyback on on what Alan is saying about this this pressing need. 
Um, Lyle Zulu there uh, directing the, the center in Lusaka arranged for us to have a meal with um, Archbishop Peter Ndlavu, who oversees a, a d- denomination there in, in Zambia. Uh, the Bible Gospel Church in Africa is the name of that denomination. And as we were talking, I asked the Archbishop, um, what, what, is the, what is the pressing need for the church in Zambia? And I was really hoping, and I was recording that conversation also, and I, I was really hoping for a nice edit point where he would pause and I could just tag, but there was no edit point before I finished speaking. He said, <laughs> education, education is the greatest need of the Zambian church. And this is from a denomination's archbishop. You know, the interesting thing too, it seems to me, you know, we talk about the need for the West and need the need for the global South. Um, one of the big differences, and, 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 and I, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Brad, but um, there, there's a teachableness in the global South that I do not find, I do not find so much in the West. Um, you know, it's, the, the, the doors of opportunity are so open and so immense and people welcome, you know, as you pointed out, I mean, I have seen again and again and again pastors who've come to me and said, you know, we've, this is this is amazing. We, you know, we've never understood the Bible this way before. Um, you know, can we can we hear more? Can we do more and so forth and so on? Um, and, and so there's an open door of, of immense opportunity within the global south. I, I, and while the West is also in need of this, there is. There is a, a reticence in terms of a, a teachableness, I think, in among so many within the the established church in, in America, or indeed not only the established church, but but the um, the, the church in general, uh, mega churches and so forth and so on. I think it's safe to say, from the perspective of a, of a Western Christian, we now need the, our brothers and sisters in places like Africa. To, to rekindle our fires uh, and, and to encourage us to greater faithfulness. Um, I, I, was, I was impressed uh, and, and again, encouraged by what I saw and experienced there. Did you have an opportunity, Brad, to, uh, to worship while you were there in the church on Sunday morning? Oh my goodness, I did. And I still have uh, some of the, the, the little uh, video recordings on my phone that I share with anyone who will sit still long enough to take a look. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was worship glorious. is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's amazing in Africa. Yeah, and and let me just share this little sidebar just to just to indicate how real it is. On the Saturday following the conference, I had a chance to go visit the site where they conduct their training, and uh, several of the students from the conference and, and and members of the or participants in the in the the training uh, center there joined us, and there were probably twelve or fifteen of us. And, and we were going to capture some more testimonies. And, and as, as, as they were um, sort of preparing the room and people were coming in, um, someone just quietly began humming. And I can't remember right now what the tune was, but it's a traditional Western Christian hymn. And then someone else began to join the humming, and then they began to sing, and then someone began to sort of tap a, a, a rhythm and... Uh, it was absolutely inspiring mm. to see mm. worship just spontaneously and, and gently erupt uh, among these people. Oh, what, what a gift that was. Yeah. Well, we'll be sharing uh, some of this material that you're talking about, uh, both on Facebook and on the website. 
But as someone listening uh, to this podcast uh, who might be fired up like you, Brad, Alan, how, how do they get involved? How do they make a difference? I think there are several ways in, in which um, people can get involved in our ministry. Uh, one is, one I think, is to become acquainted with it. You can listen to our podcasts, and I would encourage uh, folk to do that. You can be engaged in prayer for our ministry, and of course, you can help uh, support financially the ministry. But, but also, you know, we we conduct seminars across the United States as well, and we're we're attempting to establish centers in Europe. So, whoever you know happens to 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 be listening to these podcasts, I. I would encourage you to in, uh, inquire as to the possibility of us coming to one of uh, your churches um, uh, for a weekend or for um, a day or whatever the case might be, uh, just to introduce the kind of um, teaching that we do around the world, um, to introduce you to inductive study methodology and to explain biblical um, biblical insights and what have you. I think it's it's an you know any time that I've done. In fact, I did one just recently in Texas. And it was really, um, it was a wonderful time. Uh, people just, uh, it was an afternoon session following a worship service. It lasted the entire afternoon. The church provided lunch so that people came to worship. They had lunch. And then we did the seminar for two or three hours. And, uh, and it was well received. In fact, the place was packed out. Um, and, um, you know, we can do that in, in any church. And um, we have instructors who would be more than willing to travel anywhere within the United States and uh, 50 states and, and beyond uh, to, to do that. So to become acquainted with is, is the first thing. And we have newsletters. You can write us. You can subscribe to our newsletters. Um, we have, uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on all these kind of social media stuff that is beyond my understanding. Uh, but we're on, <laughs> we're on all of them. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and just be part of what we're doing. And on occasion, we also invite people to come with us on one of these for one of these conferences that we teach in Africa, Asia, uh, wherever, Europe. And um, you can come be part of that and uh, be trained to go. Uh, so we will come do the training and um, take you with us uh, to experience firsthand some of the marvelous things that are happening around the world. Um, with the explosion of the church and uh, and its need for biblical understanding. If you can be part of that in practical ways, um, we would love to you to be part of our team. And uh, then you'd be all fired up like Brad is right now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I would say this, that, you know, inductive Bible is not an end of itself. You know, the end is Christ. The end is the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. The, the word is, um, is, is, is an avenue to that. It is a means of grace. Uh, if we don't read it, shame on us. If we don't read it well, shame on us. The good news is that we can learn to be good readers. We can learn to be faithful readers so that we can be faithful citizens in the kingdom of God and we can experience the abundance of life both in the world to come and in this world. So that, that's what we're striving for. That's the, the end. And I would, I would say amen to, to all of that. I would simply add this, that um, you know, if we believe the Bible, if we honestly, genuinely believe the Bible to be the Word of God, which we do, we affirm that, then if it is God's Word to humankind, then there is nothing in all the world more important than understanding it properly. Amen. I mean, that's, that's, if we want to know this God, if we want to love this God, if we want to follow this God, if we want to be obedient to this God, then, then it, it is incumbent upon us understand what it is that he wants, who he is, 
how he has dealt with humankind. This is how we know God. So that's what we're about. Well, thank you, Dr. Brad Johnson and Dr. Alan Meenan, for an insightful discussion. So much work to be done in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You've been listening to The Word is Out, a podcast on a mission featuring Dr. Alan Meenan. If you'd like to know more about The Word is Out, visit us online at www.thewordisout.com. You can also keep up to date through our Facebook page. We'll be back with another podcast soon.